Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, out loud, chapter by chapter, in Mark chapter 13 now, almost to the end of the Gospel already. That's just the thing. It sneaks up on you, Mark does, because it, it's so short compared to the other Gospels, you know, really only a full 15 chapters, um, you know, 16, well, well, we'll get to 16, I guess, when we get there. But so it's it's rather short compared to, say, something like, you know, Matthew with 28. So here in Mark 13, it's it's already coming towards the end here, and uh, not just towards the end of the gospel, but you've got this kind of, as I was just speaking with our guest before we started, uh, a little bit of an end of the world kind of thing. You know, you've got here in your ESV, signs of the end of the age, the destruction of the temple, the coming of the Son of Man, abomination of desolation, no one knows that day or hour. So, you know, what is this stuff? And I think the big question is, is is the Lord talking about something that was going to happen in maybe like 30, 40 years? Or is he talking about something at the end of the world or both? Or how do you sort those things out? So these are the sorts of questions we have today. And joining us to help us parse these things out in chapter 13 of Mark, we've got our guest, recurring guest, Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois. Also one of the hosts of Wrestling with the Basics on KFUO, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Central. Welcome back, John. Always good to hear your voice, and I hear it frequently. Only in... <laughs> and, you hear my... and you hear mine frequently. <laughs> but this is, a good, this is a good thing. It's a good thing. So, uh, yes, uh, welcome back. Mark 13, you got yourself another juicy one. Yeah, and, and I, I've got this uh, nice quote from Calvin talking about this, uh, Jesus coming out of the temple. Uh, Calvin said, pain as it was, were his last adieu. Because uh, mm. you're right, it's all about end of stuff, isn't it? And and it is. From here, we begin the, the it, it, Jesus is going to be betrayed and crucified. And, and so this is his last visit to the temple uh, before all of that stuff happens. Yeah. Right, and and that is uh, probably an important note that if you're if if we're not paying careful attention here, we we might just kind of think okay, so this is the time that you know he was at the temple or something like that, yeah. right? Like, and and I think sometimes we we kind of reduce it to that, like you know, there's this one time towards the end where he goes to the temple, and you know, that's kind of that's that or something like that. But he he was in the temple lots of times. He would have been in the temple at least four times a year for. Uh, his entire adult life. So, I mean, I mean, this this is the last time, but certainly not the first. No, no. Well, I, I, he started out twelve years old in the temple, didn't he? Teaching everybody, right. and he ends up in the temple teaching everybody. Um, and I just, I just love this chapter because whenever I see how stupid the disciples are, I, I feel better. <laughs> Because I realized, well, apparently God can call doofuses. In fact, God can make them part of his kingdom. And because they, they just don't come off very good in this chapter at all. And I can just see Jesus rolling his eyes. Of course, he knows what's going to happen in just two days. They're going to betray him and deny him and do all that, too. But isn't it great that we have a God that actually put, can put up with stuff like that? What God would do that, A.J.? Our God does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... uh. I mean, 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I want to be like a little charitable with the apostles. I mean, like, you know, they have like three lines in the chapter. All the rest (laughs) is just red letters. So, but, um, (laughs) but we'll, (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But, uh, before we start reading, would you rather say a prayer for us and for everyone listening along today and for all of our brothers and sisters? So, so Lord, when, when we come across texts like this that seem to be talking about things in the the way distant future open our hearts and minds to see, no, they're talking about what's going on right now. In fact, with this whole COVID-19, it fits right into the context of the signs of the end of the age. Uh, and yet open our ears as we hear about all this tragedy and all of this struggle and the horrible things that are going to happen to, to also hear the beautiful words of comfort that there's nothing absolutely nothing that's going to separate us from you. Uh, And in fact, in all the midst of all the struggles and trials, your word is going to continue to be proclaimed, and it is a word of of love and mercy and forgiveness. So may may we find peace in our struggles and our trials through these words of Jesus as he addresses the end of uh, the temple and of perhaps the world as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, yeah, and actually, you know, uh, you're mentioned, you know, in, in the prayer of, you know, COVID-19, um, may, may as well just fess up here. You know, this, this is pre-recorded here. Uh, yeah. And one of the reasons why um, I want to just be really upfront about that is because this is set to air on uh, May 26th. And so I am, Lord willing, uh, doing something uh, nice on May 26th with my beautiful and intelligent and just overall just amazing wife gabby espinosa uh celebrating our anniversary on the 26th so uh, lord willing i am not doing anything work related at all and we are just uh celebrating that and lord willing we are able to like leave the house to do so but we'll we'll see <laughs> what happens well, yeah i don't know how are things going see they're pretty tight in illinois you you won't be doing anything in illinois but hopefully in california <laughs> Maybe things will we'll, be a little looser. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Maybe we, we can at least take a walk, you know? That you can Yeah, that's all right. Sorry, anniversary walk. There you go. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we shall see. But in any case, uh, turning turning to the text here, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your, your uh, prayer and introduction here, you know, that there is a lot. We're going to read this stuff, and we're going to see, yeah, it feels like a lot of stuff that is in many ways going on, present tense, present um, you know, progressive even. Uh, and any other thoughts before we go ahead and just give this thing a straight read through? Well, yeah, let's just, let's just, are you going to read the whole thing or are we going to take it section by section? What's your plan, AJ? Let's go ahead and just read the whole enchilada here because I'm okay. really in the mood for enchiladas. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Entonces, uh, chapter 13 of Mark from the top. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines, but 
These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, nor enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all these things beforehand. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. So a lot of things going on, you know, and it, it really is something, you know, you got, <laughs> um, it, it's broken down so many times in the, the headings of our English translations, right? Especially there towards the end, it's like the coming of the Son of Man, the fig tree, day or hour, right? Um, yeah. But but what's interesting, when you read this whole thing together, one of the things I like that kind of comes out more obviously is how again and again, the Lord Jesus has pretty much one message, be on your guard look out, stay awake. I mean, he says that in, I don't know what, like half a dozen variations, but I mean, yes, he says yes. it several times. Yeah. And that's that's really the key thread throughout all this. 
stay awake, be on your guard, don't be led astray. And 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 uh, I, I know you you wanted to stand up for the disciples, <laughs> but the other <laughs> thing that strikes me about this chapter though, is 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 see that they don't understand that, do they? They don't. They're thinking. They've still got in their mind that man, things are going great. We got a we got a Jesus who can feed us if we're hungry. He does miracles and wonders. Uh, uh, you know, at this point in time, he's he's uh, cleansed the temple. He's he's put the Pharisees and Sadducees in their place, and they've still got this mindset that, oh man, we're going to have this great kingdom, and one of us is going to be on his right and his left, and. And, of course, he'll address that more when he talks to them on Monday, Thursday. But but I think he's kind of addressing that now, that you guys, you, you don't understand. No, this isn't how it's going to be. There's not going to be some great earthly kingdom, and, and you'll get to be co-regents with me. Right. Uh, um, uh, and, and, you know, the, the very fact that they, they marvel at the wonderful stones and the wonderful building, when, when Jesus has just said, you know, it's not about the glory. It's not about riches. You know what it's about? It's about this widow who gives two mites. That's what it's about. And, and yet, uh, um, and, and the other thing that tickles me about the disciples is, you know, after Jesus says that these stones are not going to stay one upon the other, is then right. they come and say privately, uh, um and what struck me about this is, you know, it was just, mm. what was it, like two weeks ago, you and I were mm. doing, I think it was Matthew 4, wasn't it? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um. And, and, uh, 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 and, and we have the same thing. We have the disciples coming to Jesus because they didn't understand the parables. But what struck me is, is in, in hmm. that verse, it says they come with others. But, oh, but in this oh, case, sure. okay. they, they don't want the others to come. No, no, they want to have the inside information. Uh, and I, I think it's almost like Jesus saying, gentlemen, there is no inside information. <laughs> there is no secret mysteries to give you. Uh, um, yeah. No, what, 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 what's going to happen is going to be pretty well obvious. The, the problem is, though, as we did hear in that previous chapter, people have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, they don't see. They're not going to understand this, but you need to understand that these are the marks. These are the signs you're asking about, that that this world is going to come to an end. Yeah, those are some interesting observations there. You know, you, you do have that there is this small group, right? And that by itself isn't, isn't really surprising, I guess. We've seen that before, particularly the, the trio, of Peter, James, and John. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Th those are the three that are the, the the inner circle that the Lord Himself seems to uh, pick out from among the twelve. Right. That there's these these three, and these are the three that they see the transfiguration. These are the three that that see the the raising of Jairus's daughter. Right. Back in you mentioned Mark four earlier. Right. And so you have this this inner three, but this is really intriguing that here it is. Then it's uh, Peter, James, and John, and, and Andrew. And this is so strange. I mean, I want to I want to get back to the thing about the stones. But what you were just saying, you know, this is actually one of the few times when Andrew is mentioned ever in Mark. I mean, I think this actually might be the the, the second time since he was called. Um, so you have he's called back in uh, what was it? It's like chapter three, right? Um, and and uh, back in chapter one, um, it just kind of mentions that uh, you know you've got, I mean they're in his house, I guess, right? So I, I mean, other than like mentioning his name in like lists, like in chapter three, 
or you know mentioning like the, his house right this is the only time when andrew does anything like pretty much um in the gospel and it's like he's here trying to get this information it's it's, it's very strange that you have this moment where i don't know it's, it feels like andrew's like butting in on this andrew's like well come on like i'm peter's brother yeah yeah and and that of course yeah if you if you look at the references to andrew that that he's always in context of, of Simon, you know he's never in the context of himself. Uh, but but see, I'm glad you made that point because I didn't even think about that. So not only have they excluded these other people who who might be called disciples, but they're even excluding the other twelve. Uh, um, yeah. And, and it's interesting. You're right. The threesome always gets they kind of get the inside information. Right. But that's always by Jesus' invitation, and and that that's where this is reversed. It's like. We're going to ask Jesus now. We're we're going to separate ourselves off from the rest. And you're right. Andrew gets to tag along because he's family. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, and that might be indication what you were saying, you know, that this is maybe the moment where they are getting a little bit of a sense of like, yeah, but, you know, hey, things are going pretty well. And, you know, whenever you start thinking about, you know, royalty dynasties, right, thinking about like, you know, yep. hey, maybe we can bring yep. back the glory days of the Hasmoneans, right? I mean, I mean, it was a family affair, right? So, you know, of course— Andrew, you know, as Peter's brother, isn't going to get to be in on this. So, yeah, I do wonder if maybe actually just even the mention of Andrew is really an indication that the disciples are kind of maybe getting, they're letting in their imaginations get away from them, and that this is on their own initiative um, and not so much the Lord's. I, I, I like that. I like that. That's right, because it was always, everything was always a family, whether it was the priest or whether it was the, the, the kingship. And I, I like that. It's kind of like, well, yeah, sure. This is how it'll be in the new kingdom, too. Uh, um, but it always struck me that that word there in the text, they asked him privately, that the fact that sure. they, they want the inside information, uh, which is the exact opposite of what Jesus has been teaching them. You know, when we talked about the mystery and the parables, it, but it was always a mystery to be revealed, right? He said, you, you mm-hmm. don't put a, a lamp under a basket. What, what I'm teaching you, you need to teach to everybody. Everyone needs to know this. Uh, well, anyway, I, I, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. it's... As long as you're talking about that, because you talked about this exhortation we have to, to keep awake and everything. One, right. one of the things that, that puzzled me, AJ, and you're, you're the language guy, is you have this phrase that's repeated, I think, a couple times, uh, be on your guard. Um, mm-hmm. And, and what, what puzzles me is that the Greek word there is blepo, which is really the word just uh, to keep your eyes open. In fact, it focuses sure. on the, the eyeball uh, to, to, mm-hmm. to be watching. Uh, which I think is significant because, again, they think there's some kind of secret sign that Jesus can tell you that nobody else will know about. And I, I hear Jesus essentially saying, no, no, the signs are pretty obvious. <laughs> all you got to do is open your eyes and you'll see all kinds of signs, which he then goes on and lists with the earthquakes and famines and, and what have you. You said you wanted yeah. to say something about the, the, the stones, though. Well, yeah, you know, and that's interesting too that you're talking about like a verb of seeing, right? And, uh, and yeah. but he's but isn't isn't that an interesting contrast that you actually just miss in uh, English, right? Because yeah, they're they're using this verb of seeing like, hey, uh, you know, master, 
look at these buildings, right? Yes, yes, um, the same and, and word. Then, and, then yes. He, and then he's like, yeah, and it's actually, it is in the Greek, actually, blepo, as you, as you said, yeah. right? Um, so they're like, hey, look at the buildings. And he's like, hey, look at yourselves. Um, you wow. know, I mean, it, it's that it's that word. I, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, look out, basically. They're, they're saying, hey, hey, look at this. And then he's saying, hey, look out. It's maybe yeah. kind of how you could actually, you could do that in English. And it'd be a very cool translation that someone but ought to doesn't do. That right? drive, someone. I, I know this is off subject, but does that drive you crazy? <laughs> that, 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 well, that, no, that the English somehow, and I know it's what we were taught by our English teachers, don't be repetitive. Right, use yeah. different language. But I'm thinking yeah. if I'm translating and the Greek uses the same word, it would be helpful if the yeah, English sure. used the same word. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it, it's challenging, and there there are reasons, of course, why. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work. And one of the things that I hadn't thought about for a long time is that when they put these translations together, they are thinking about a wider audience than even just Americans. Yes. So I, that's it's hard for me to imagine as an American myself that anyone else um, has any say in this, right? But it, it, I'm told that they do. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, you got to think about, um, you know, does that idiom work still in Australian English or in British English or, you know, really in Indian English, right? Because there's more people who speak English in India than there are in the U.S. <laughs> so so you, you have to kind of look at that big picture and it, it makes it very challenging to translate because they're just sort are, of like, are, are you uh, Are you acquainted with the United Bible Society? commentary because because that's a fun uh, thing to read because no. they are conscious yeah. of that and they're constantly saying well you could use this phrase but you need to know it might not have the same meaning in this particular country and everything so yeah yeah you're you're, you're right that that is always a point too yeah so i mean so i'm not i'm not sure exactly why but yeah the, it is interesting that you have the, the contrast you know the lookout uh, watch yourselves right be be on your watch something like that um, yeah, and then, yeah. and then, the, do, then, do you see these great buildings? Um, and, and that's an interesting contrast, just like by itself. But you got to ask yourself in the first place: Okay, why are they even saying this, though? What, why? What's the deal with the buildings? I mean, th this is not the first time <laughs> that they've been in the temple. And and this, I feel like this is maybe where we get off track because we kind of think to ourselves, like, I don't know what. Here they are, kind of from their their backwater town in Galilee. Um, and they they make it up into the you know the big time. Here they are in the in the, in the capital city, right? And, and they're finally seeing the temple, and they're like, oh wow, you know, like it's like uh, your first time in New York City or something like that. Um, but but no, like they've been here plenty of times. So why are they saying, hey, look, check check this out? Um, and and I think that maybe the hint is actually given. Uh, well, I mean I mean there's, there's 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 a few of these different things, but in the Greek text here um, that the this you know, people who have put this stuff and studied this stuff together, they actually include the first part of 13 here with chapter 12, with the widow's offering, what you were just mentioning, mm. right? And so if this is actually meant to go with what what was uh, before in chapter 12, then that's really interesting that you've got, okay, so we're, we're actually, we're going and we're looking at these people. We're kind of, we're just checking this out and we see people dumping lots of money in. Um, and then there's this poor widow who puts in just the two small copper coins, the, the mites that you mentioned, right? And then he says to the disciples, right? Because it says, you know, he called his disciples to him, and right? And that's what it said in the previous chapter. And then he goes and he says this, right? You know, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. 
And it's almost as if, if you take that all together then, you know, they're coming out of the temple and they're like, well, but teacher, I mean, surely it's not all bad that these rich people are giving to the temple, because look what we were able to build, and everyone gets to enjoy this. Even the poor get to enjoy this temple, right? Like, and I think in that in that context, you actually can kind of maybe see that this is the disciples maybe pushing back a little bit and being like, "But master, is is it really so bad that that the rich are are, are giving and supporting the mission?" And you know, I mean, hey, look, God has stirred them to generosity. I mean, that's not all bad. I mean, this does actually seems to be like like they're actually engaging with their teacher. And they're struggling with what he just said. I, I like that thought. I like that thought, and and I I agree with you. That that fits it perfect. And again, it 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 fits the mindset of the disciples who they don't want to hear about humility. They don't want to hear about poverty. No, no, that's not the program. <laughs> Someday right. we're going to be the ones ruling over this this big, beautiful, wonderful bill. Isn't that the plan, Jesus? I mean, you mm-hmm. just cleanse the temple, isn't? You know, as I, I, I think that's a great inside AJ. Well, I mean, you, you just gotta. You know, it, it's so easy to. I mean, we, we. I think the thing is, what you, to your point, uh, I think, I think you're right that we very readily sympathize with the disciples. I think when we read the New Testament, especially the Gospels, we very easily kind of see ourselves in the disciples' shoes. And so when, when Jesus does something to the disciples, it's like he's doing that to us. When he teaches them something, it's like he's teaching us something. And a lot of times that makes, you know, just a lot of sense. It's kind of like how we're yeah. basically raised, right? Like, you know, he says to the disciples, take, eat, this is my body. It's like, well, this is what we hear in church given sure. for us, right? So we, we do that. And so, but the, but the challenge then is we kind of read ourselves into the story and we kind of think, well, why would I be saying that? Right, and I think that that's maybe the, the, what's up because if we kind of transported ourselves back into their shoes, we would be like, "Oh wow, to see the temple with our own eyes before it was destroyed." Because you know now you go there and there's the dome of the rock, the mosque, and all that. But man, to see the temple, right? And that's how we would say it. But how are they saying it, right? And so, and I and I think that there is that little bit of a contrast. And um, you know, I think we we talked about um last time on chapter twelve the thrust of what the Lord was getting at, that that maybe he wasn't actually all so happy that the woman was putting in all she had to live on, that, that maybe his point was a little bit about the injustice of the whole thing, which mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. would tie into this nicely. But um, that's already on the podcast. But uh, we got to hold that thought here because it's uh, already, t- already time for our break. Yeah, time flies. But everybody, hang on. We're looking at Mark chapter 13 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Mark chapter 13. 
we we read the whole chapter at the very beginning. Uh, we saw how this this idea of uh, watching, being on your lookout, you know, this idea is uh, throughout the the key message that the Lord Jesus has for his disciples. And we're comparing it here now at the very beginning when the disciples are like, hey, teacher, check out, look at these stones, though. Maybe this this whole, you know, wealth and power thing isn't all so bad, right? Uh, that's what we're talking about today, joined by our guest, Pastor John Lukomsky of Southern Illinois, also co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Central Time. So, oh, and before I forget, let's, uh, it's, it's not all just under the auspices of KFUO. Of course, our producers at the, uh, the LCMS uh, Office of National Mission, and also, of course, our underwriters, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, their website, lhfmissions.org. No questions today since it is pre-recorded. And yeah, so, I mean, so it's, it's very interesting to think about then if they're kind of pushing back and saying, well, okay, maybe it's not fair that the woman had to put in everything that she had to live on, but isn't it great that if people are going to be rich, I mean, at least they give it to the temple. I mean, I, don't you think that there's something to the disciples' remark? I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think? No, I, I, and yeah, and, and as I said, I, I agree with you completely. And, and it makes Jesus' response an even more powerful, doesn't it, when he says, Do you not see these great buildings? They will not be left here one stone upon another. They will not be thrown down. So again, gentlemen, if you, if you think this is what's impressing you and this is what's good that comes out of it, uh, uh, and I'm telling you, no, no, this will all be destroyed, which, of course, sets up the things he's going to say as we move through this chapter. And, of course, uh, where most commentators think that a good portion of what he says in this chapter is not end of the world stuff, but it's actually destruction of Jerusalem stuff right. in 70 A.D. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got to say, it's really weird reading this chapter after having read Revelation right before we read Mark. Because oh, this yeah. feels so Revelation E. I mean, it, it just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything we talked about in Revelation, it just seems like this is. I mean, it all just lines up like we're just talking about the exact same thing. So, um, I, I do think that there is something there, and I, I think that's really interesting. Then, if if the disciples kind of you know kind of challenge question for for their master, which I I think we should, I, I think just just. You know, hear me out on this here. I, I think to your point, you were saying this is kind of comforting because, hey, the disciples can kind of say something dumb and it's okay, right? Um, Jesus doesn't say, "Be gone, I don't know you," yeah, right? Yeah, he, yeah. he actually, he just he talks to them, right? Even even when you know Peter and James and John and Andrew kind of gets invited, right? He invites himself, um, kind of just go ahead and just kind of steal the 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 reins in the conversation. He doesn't just swat them away. He actually abides with them and gives them all this extra teaching. So he tells them what they even want to know. So I mean, isn't that something that? We can kind of push back, if you can hear this the right way, push back against Jesus. We hear his teaching, right? And we don't necessarily always get it. And we're like, hang on a second, does that actually make sense? Um, that doesn't quite seem right. I mean, that's the thing, though. The Lord actually invites our questions, and he patiently bears with us. I, I think that we need to not overlook that, because I, I think that too often— we just have this really individualistic attitude as Americans, and we just say, well, you know, maybe I agree, maybe I don't agree, but I'm just going to go home and whatever. I just kind of think it's just my own thing. 
you know, I'm the one who's in charge. We're each kind of our own little pastor or something like that. But I think what our Lord Jesus wants us to do is to actually, if there's something that we have a hard time grasping, like actually stick around and ask questions and, and, kind, of, and kind of push back and say, hey, uh, this is what I'm not getting. This doesn't make sense to me. Not in the spirit of trying to challenge Jesus, because of course that's not what they're doing, but th- they want more answers. They want more teaching. They want to be able to understand and accept what their teacher is saying. That's the spirit that we ought to bring our questions and our, and our difficulties with. And, and, and AJ, I, I could not agree with you more. And, and that is what faith is. See, faith isn't yeah. that we got it all. It's not that we grasp everything. Uh, in fact, often faith is a very little thing. But of course, a little faith is all you really need, right? That you can move mountains with a little faith. Uh, and, and I think the operative thing for faith is just what you said. It's always going back to Jesus, even when we don't agree with Jesus. Right. <laughs> and I don't agree with him a lot of times. He's done a lot of things. I'm not sure sure was the best plan, but but I think it's it's it, that's you're absolutely right. That's what you you go back to Jesus, and then Jesus answers. He 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 gives you explanations, uh, and, and I think the explanation here is, gentlemen, there there are no secret signs. There are all kinds of obvious signs: nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, right. famines, COVID nineteen. Uh, and these are the beginning. I, I love that phrase, don't you? These are but the beginning of the birth pangs. Because again, see, you're going to assume that this means the end's going to come right away. And really, the fact of the matter, it simply means that the end is going to come. Right. <laughs> and well, when, no, when no, it's that's come, right. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's, that is interesting. So, yeah, I, I think then, yes, I, I totally agree with you. He's turning it around on him. I, I think yes. it really is because I mean, he, that's what I love about he's ta- this he's, chapter. He's taking, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, the Lord always does this. I mean, He's just like the master of this. It's just you, you always end up falling into your own trap. Um, I mean, yeah. this, you know, people try to trap him, and he's like, okay, well, let me just here fall in, you first. Um, and and so he he the disciples, you know, they got this. Like, but hang on a second, Lord, is isn't it good that that the rich give? Um, you know, and we have this going on. And, and I think what he's doing here, he's like, well you know, maybe it is, but I mean, some good it's going to do. This isn't even going to last very long, right? I mean, I, I think, I mean, this actually answers their pushback because they're like, but isn't it so important that we have these big, like fancy temples, right? Um, you know, yeah. it's a good thing for the whole nation. And he's like, guys, it's not even going to last 40 years. In less than 40 years, it's done. Yep. I, I mean, yeah. I actually, I, I do think that's what you were mentioning, how this, you know, ties in with the d- literal destruction of the temple, not 40 years later. I think that is actually the answer to the question. And I think that for us then, um, like you were saying, people who believe Jesus um, and accept what he says, even when we don't agree, <laughs> I, th- I think there's something to that. Like, like I disagree, but I believe you anyway that that's true, right? Um, th- yes. That's what faith says, and we're struggling with that, right? It's faith-seeking understanding. Um, and and we, I think we so often, like the disciples actually, just— I don't think it's necessarily being dense as much as it is. It's just it's hard to get away from the material. We just we just we look at these churches that have lots of money and have like lots of I mean I mean their 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 own TV channel and their own radio station and um, you know just like the the pastor like is wearing like awesome suits all the time and you know, they've got like packed seats stadium seating right. And, and whatever it is, or or maybe it's just, I mean, I don't know whatever we're comparing ourselves, maybe we're comparing ourselves to like charitable organizations or whatever the case may be. And we say, hey, look at them. It mean, I mean, isn't it, it's not so bad to have backers, to have money, to have funds. Isn't that important? Because it gets, it makes the mission happen. 
right? And, and the Lord Jesus, it's almost he's engaging with us then and saying, yeah, well, it's good. It's good to have general, uh, you know, gen- generous donors, right? It's it's not it's nice to have people with uh, deep pockets in the congregation, but uh, all that stuff's not even going to last, though, guys. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that that really does speak to us too. This, I mean, again and again and again throughout Mark, the thing that endures, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will not pass away. It's the message, and ultimately, you don't need a lot of money to speak words. So, 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 actually. I see direct application of what you're saying with what's happening with COVID-19. Because uh, on, on Wrestling with the Basics, we, we've been preaching the fact that, that don't ign- open. Keep your eyes open. Watch. See. This, this is a sign. This is a call for us to be humbled. It's a call for from God for repentance, not only for the nation, but for us as a church. And so I was wrestling with it. What what might he want us to repent of in the church? And I thought, well, guess what he's done? He's taken our big, beautiful buildings, and they're absolutely useless, <laughs> right? Yeah. You got people parking in the parking lot so they can hear an FM transmission of the sermon. And, and yeah. I wonder, then I'd hit this, and I thought, maybe that's what God is, just what you said. Buildings, I, I'm not saying that we built the buildings in sin. I, I think we right. built the buildings because we wanted to give glory to God. But right. we need to remember that a time will come that not one stone will stand upon another. And if you don't think that's true, uh, well, you can't do it because you're in California, but you, you drive <sighs> through northern St. Louis, and there's these big, beautiful churches that just sit yeah. in ruins now, see? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, like you said, buildings aren't a sin, but but buildings aren't what is, what's important. And, and so you better remember that. Uh, so I think that's a little bit going on with what the Lord is humbling us right now to remind us just what you and and isn't the cool thing AJ, no matter what happens and 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 that that promise is in here, the word is going to be proclaimed. In fact, that's the right. end will not come until that word has been proclaimed to all nations. So that and to me, that's absolutely what this text is about. All kinds of horrible things are going to happen. But but no no as far as the church is concerned that it's not going to change anything, the word's going to be proclaimed. He's going to come. He's right. going to gather together the elect and the chosen. Uh, none right. of these tragedies that we're talking about, uh, even if they're so bad, you got to go <laughs> flee to the mountains. Uh, they, they're mm-hmm. not going to change uh, what God's going to do in the end. I, I really think that that's that that is a really timely application that. I mean, it's just like the psalm says, I mean, and this is a, an idea that gets repeated throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, not just the Gospels. The word of the Lord endures forever, right? Don't trust yeah. in princes. Yeah. The, the flower fades, right, and withers and falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. There's that, that idea. You know, the, the word, the message, you, you can't kill that. You can't, you can't torture that. You can't destroy it with an earthquake. The, the word lives on, and the word is more powerful than anything else. So I really do think that this is a time when we, as you've been saying, have had a lot of time to reflect on this, and we really need to to think about, you know, where where is our trust really? And I mean, on on the other hand, one thing that I've really been thinking about is how how much have we been taking our buildings for granted? How much have we been taking the fact that we gather together in one place for granted? You know. I mean, that uh, how many how much of us have said, you know, oh well, I mean, isn't it kind of nice? I can just you know do church in my pajamas now, right? And and, we, and, and, and what that does is right. I think is it makes us a little, a little bit of conviction going on that we're saying, hang on a second, like 
you know, I, I can't have the supper right now, or I haven't been able to, I, I mean, have I really hungered and thirsted for that, right? Or it was actually a low priority and that's what's going on here. But I mean, there's a lot that could be said, but I appreciate your application that it's really making us wonder, hey, you know, maybe maybe the point isn't that we we got to be hunting for, you know, these 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 big wonder donors who are, who are who might be out there or that, you know, we're we're letting the people who have lots of uh, money have lots of influence in the church or whatever it may be, whatever it is, right? It is certainly a time to reconsider because these things don't last. And and I think that in that first section this signs of the end of the age that that's what you see, right? There's this idea that guys don't be putting your your hope in that you know because he comes along and he says you know there's all these bad things like you were saying and, and what does he say don't be let us he says well don't be on your uh, be on your guard uh don't be let astray right and he says do not be anxious because there's going to be suffering you're, you're going to get punished you're going to get punished for doing the right thing but if if your spiritual perspective is intact right if you're not focused on oh, we got big buildings and we got money and we got a war chest, right? If that's not where your focus is, then you don't have to be anxious. If if that is, however, where you've put your heart and your treasure, then yeah, you're going to be sweating bullets when all this stuff happens. And and, and again, you know, I, I'm looking at verse 10, uh, and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And it's in addressing exactly what you're talking about, that you'll be beaten in the synagogues and you'll, you'll be delivered over to the councils and all that. Uh, but but I love the fact that the gospel must see that that that's that's the word necessity day I believe it is probably in the Greek and that's that, that that's going to happen there's no way that can be stopped uh, no matter what we do or what is done around us uh, and, and then I you know it's interesting you use the word endure in your last yep, comment and I'm looking at is. verse 13 it says but the one who endures till the end will be saved and, and you know that's such a neat word. Uh, in, in the Greek, because it really, uh, it, it usually means just stay where you're at, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, in, in the Old Testament, in the Greek, uh, it's like for, where's that one? Uh, uh, wait on the Lord. That, that's, that's the same word there that's used in the, the Septuagint. Uh, our soul waits for the Lord. He's our help and our shield. So I think that's what he's talking about there. There's only one thing that endures. He just told us. Like you said, yep. it's the word. Everything else will be. So, so that's all you got to do. Just stay in the word. Just keep doing what you're doing. As you said before, you can have doubts. You can have questions. No one's saying you can't. But you just right. go back to the Lord. You go back to Jesus, who is the word. And, and it'll, it'll, it'll all work out. Um, you know, and it, it really is another way. We were just mentioning the similarities with Revelation, a way that it really lines up with Revelation big time. How often is there talk about endurance in Revelation? All the time, right? I mean, in the introduction, in chapters 2 and 3, when we're talking about the different uh, letters to the different churches, uh, patient endurance, your patient endurance, you're enduring patiently for my sake. Uh, you're, uh, you've kept my word about patient endurance. And then, you know, later on, we get these echoes in chapter 13. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. In chapter 14, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. So in the same way that Revelation, when you, when you look at it as a whole, is not a crystal ball to try to tell you when everything is. It is an encouragement to endure. That's what exactly Mark 13 is doing. Mark 13 in, in, in this way, I mean, I think this is just kind of making it clear. I appreciate you bringing out this, the, the endurance word here. 
it is kind of just a, a mini revelation right here. It's just kind of revelation in one chapter of Mark. Let, let me share with you another neat word that another passage that uses the word endure from Hebrews chapter 12. This is what this is the advice that is given to us looking to Jesus, which isn't what we just said, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So I really think, don't you, A.J., when the Bible is talking about endurance here, uh, and same when the Revelation, it's not talking about us doing something. Uh, no, no, but it is talking about us again uh, looking to Jesus. That's where your endurance comes right. from. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it, this is one of the many ways— Revelation, of course, being written by John, where Mark and John just again and again and again, I think, are exactly on the same page, where John, in John chapter 3, the, the, the famous, of course, you know, for God so loved the world, that is in the context of the serpent, the bronze serpent up on the pole, right? What is endurance? Yeah. Endurance is not, I don't know, I'm really strong and I have a fantastic immune system, and so this serpent venom is not going to get me, or... I mean, you know, even like I'm going to pray for X many hours in a row, right? What is endurance? It's looking up at the snake on the pole. It's looking, right? And we're just talking about looking again. So just just yeah. exactly what you just exactly what you just said. Endurance is you, you fix your eyes on Jesus and you don't look away. You don't look back. You don't look to the side. You, you fix your eyes on him and that's it. And it, that is where Mark and John are just just... I mean, just lock him, lock, stock, barrel, just all, all together, right? Horse and buggy here. So uh, it's you have a very... like it was the same author, isn't it? <laughs> almost like the same guy wrote him. <laughs> well, well, you Our know, well, spirit. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate what you're saying there. Uh, that the, there is actually a theory that the same person wrote them. Um, the whole John. Oh, Mark is that theory. right? But we, well, oh. yeah, yeah. But we won't, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> no, let's not go there. And, 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 and I was thinking of the Holy Spirit. Huh? That's what I was. Or, thinking. No, that's right. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. No, the Spirit is behind yeah. both. But, <clears throat> but, uh, but so pre pressing on here. So I, I think that you've got a lot of ways where these are just right uh, in alignment here, and I feel like that's where then when you got this verse fourteen, when you see the abomination of desolation. And you got in parentheses then this bit, let the reader understand. I mean that's that is just so interesting here. It's as if the the person writing this down could just could not help. I mean it's interesting because we put this in red letters, um, and I'm thinking that this is actually not meant to be red letters. I'm thinking this is meant to be a little note from Mark saying, I, I "Hey guys, yeah. make sure you know what the Lord was the talking thing, about." Yeah. yeah. Right. So so uh, and, then and, and, so then what what is Mark pointing at then? Well well I think the 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 immediate reference would be of course to the prophecy in Daniel uh, that talked about the abomination of desolation, and they would have all been aware of what had happened with Antiochus Epiphanes in the mm -hmm. uh, intertestament, where it literally was defiled, and they had to go back right. and and redo everything. Um, you know, here's the thing, though, and I'll ask you, A.J., what's your opinion, because there's two opinions on this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I kind of like the thought that what we're talking about here, what, where he says flee to the mountains, and if mm -hmm. you're on the housetop, don't go, not enter the house. I, I think it's talking about what's going to happen to the temple in 70 A.D. 
Uh, and I'm actually thinking if I'm a, an early Christian and I'm mm -hmm. facing all these persecutions and everything that Jesus says I'm going to face, and then all of a sudden I see that his words are fulfilled and literally not one stone sure. is upon the other, I would think, wow, you know, I was about to doubt. I was about having some questions about right. whether this Christian stuff is true. But apparently the prophecy is fulfilled. Um, I don't know. So what, what is your take on that, A.J.? Yeah, well, well, John, you know, it's uh, it's something that you know I've gone uh, back and forth on. I think that, yeah, I think there's there's kind of two there's two poles. One is to say, well, all of this is basically in the past. All of this is eighty seventy, and then the other yeah, yeah. side is like all of this is in the future. And um, I, I feel like I guess in my development, I, I've kind of tended to be like, well let's just take the two extremes and then the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and you kind of just average yes. them out and you say it's a little bit in the future it's a little bit in the past and um you know i i mean generally speaking it's a safe approach because well you know at least if you're wrong you're only half wrong <laughs> but, <laughs> but um but i mean the thing is i think there's actually lots of occasions where you actually end up being half wrong and uh i i think i basically think this this whole thing is actually 8070 and, and and the thing that really turned me around on that was studying revelation more um just because I, I think that as you go through revelation that's what we saw when we were going through it i feel like actually you start you start p putting the pieces here on the language and, and so much is all talking about the stuff leading up to the destruction of the temple and and that was that was like one of the the breakthroughs for me was like seeing how especially there towards the end where you've got you know the the white rider here here he comes right he 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 appears and, and comes in glory on the clouds and he comes and he defeats the the beast and the false prophet uh, well you know honestly I I've been I've been persuaded that that refers to the Lord Jesus coming in a way that can be perceived in faith of actually using the the armies of Vespasian and Titus to destroy the temple and destroy the the corrupted false priest, the false priesthood uh, that had been uh, ruling over his people wrongly and and uh, putting the the people of God to martyrdom, that that was this kind of you could only see it with faith kind of way that it actually refers to the past um, and, and and not necessarily in the first place to this big future battle. So in that view, I, I see this even the stuff about the the Son of Man coming on the clouds. Um, I, I've been persuaded that this is actually referring to what happened around AD 70, like you were saying. And, and, and you know, the thing I, I think that would argue, people would argue the other way, is this business that uh, for in those days there will be such tribulation has not been from the beginning of creation that God created until now and never will be. Uh, and, and yet I'm thinking that could be so. Because, uh, again, if you look at Revelation, the, the, the picture of Armageddon, which everyone pictures as this horrible, terrible, great right. battle at the end. But but no, th there's no battle mentioned. <laughs> it's there just isn't. The devil, <laughs> yeah, he gathers together all of his forces, and then it's kind of like it's over. And, and I think of the other passages that said when, when the end, when the real end, the final end comes, people are just going to be going about doing their business, you know, mm -hmm. out in the fields, out in the— so, you know, I kind of thought, well, maybe, maybe the end of the world, I, I mean, there's going to be plenty of evidence. We got evidence right now that the end is coming, but, right. but maybe it won't be so spectacular. It'll just be Jesus Christ returning and the angels gathering the elect and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think you know, you're, you're absolutely right. This, 
there's there's this neat quote in Eusebius about the the, the, the Eusebius says that the Christians fled before yes. the uh, destruction because they had this oracle, and I'm yep. wondering maybe maybe it's Mark, maybe it's let the reader about understand the Mark, yeah, yeah, head let for the, the mountains, understand, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that that really lines up really nicely, and just like you were saying, uh, you, you know, there, there's a description of a battle when you, when you have the white rider coming with the the armies right of the yeah, of the white yeah. horses behind him, but then like you said, um, the the final thing, it's not a battle. It says that that you know you've got you know uh, this gathering after the thousand years. There's they gather for battle, but is there a battle? No, they just get consumed by fire, and that's the end. Yeah. Right? So they they yeah. they want to they want to fight. They don't get one. They just get fire. So <laughs> I mean I mean that that really is something that you know I I think that it wouldn't be crazy, um, and of course it's, it's you know to imagine that the Lord might be speaking in hyperbole too, as if He never does that. Um, but yeah, the, to say that actually you know He's talking about this big event, and in some ways, I mean, what what more traumatic thing could there be that the temple? Uh, you know, which uniquely was the place of God's presence, is destroyed, right? Um, never again will the temple be destroyed in that way. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's—I don't think it's pressing it. So what's, uh, what's then kind of what we're left with then, if this is kind of referring to the past, we're still left with a message, though, of stay awake, because like you were yes. saying— that that still does apply to us because when the end end comes well maybe there won't be some big spectacular battle but that that is judgment that you know that's what we have to be looking forward to and just like you were saying it's not you know have you have you done enough good things and like oh, okay well just you know thankfully you had one more tally in that column than that column right no it's stay awake you know, what are these images up there keeping your eyes open and fixed on Jesus, and that's it, because Jesus is the only thing. Um, wow! And just like that, we are at the end of our oh, segment too. Okay. <laughs> but 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 I really, I mean, I think you drew our attention to it. Be on guard. Keep awake. Look, look at Jesus. He, he's he's it. That that he is the, he is the victory. He is the salvation. He is the kingdom. He is our all in all. So thank you so much, brother. Always thank you, AJ. Always it's enjoy. Always fun. Yeah. yeah, John, I always love our conversations, and uh, take care, and uh, yeah, Lord willing, we'll have some good things to be looking forward to very soon. Everybody, that was Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois, also co-host of Wrestling with the Basics, Saturdays on KFUO at 9 a.m. Central Time. Moving on to Mark chapter 14. Until then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.